I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists and art entrepreneurs. Welcome back to The Artist Business Plan. My name is James Milley, and I'm the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. As you may know, we're also a business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing art. We're here today with Jessica Matier. Jessica Matier is a New Jersey-based artist who attended Parsons School of Design for Illustration. Years later, after raising a family, she departed from traditional watercolor and collage practices in pursuit of a mixed-media approach to abstract painting. The images she creates are gestural, emotive landscapes, and forms intended to create a hyper-conscious experience. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend after this podcast uh, going and checking out her work. It's, it's really incredible. Uh, welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Now, before we get started, Jessica, uh, I want to ask you something to help our audience get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? And did you realize then that you'd be dedicating your life to art? Oh, I won an award, actually. I think it was kindergarten for a drawing of my bedroom. And I think the reason why I won the award is because of the way that I created the space in the room. Like I put the door up and to the right, and then I put my bed all the way at the bottom of the page. It kind of reminds me of Ann Tobe's work. I don't know if you know, she illustrates interiors like of homes in a similar way. That's a, a really great story. And I would probably agree that you got the award for just having a, a very acute and aware sense of perspective at such a young age. So Jessica, first, I want to chat about the time lapses that you post online. So uh, you post time lapses of you painting. It's such a great way for an artist to draw in their audience. I would say that us on the Superfine team, we could watch videos like these for hours. And I also create them for my own work. And from your artist statement, we know that there's emotional messages in the abstraction of your work. Can you tell us a little more about the inspiration that goes into each piece, into these abstractions that you create? Well, I wouldn't say that inspiration exists and goes into the painting. I would say that the process is the inspiration, just being in the flow state and being able to illustrate what's going on in my subconscious and then being able to understand myself on a deeper level that then I can consciously fix whatever is bothering me. <laughs> so I think that is the, ultimately that's the inspiration and, and the paintings are, are meant to encourage people just to get out of bed or make it through the day and just be a friend. You know, when you're flipping through Instagram, you're searching for, you know, like some dopamine or some connection to someone else. And I just try to make that experience readily available through my work. I love that. So there's a bit of art therapy going on. There's some discovery, some self-discovery, helping others find something about themselves. I love that you mentioned Instagram because that does lead into our next question. Definitely when you're, you're on social media, you're sort of just getting these little hits of dopamine to come across something that's a little more meaningful and, and maybe making the person pause a little more you're offering something that might stick in their minds that day and might help them work through something that they're going through. So you have a big Instagram following. 
There's things like TikTok and Reels that are growing in popularity. So I'm curious, do you see yourself branching more into these mediums or painting on video on, on these other platforms? How important do you think it is to stay on top of social media trends? Or do you find yourself running with what you find uh, most impactful for yourself? Having the video is very important, especially for my work, because when you take just a still shot of the entire painting, there are so many details and textures that are overlooked because it is mixed media. So the light reflects off one part and is absorbed in another part, but they're the same color. And so you lose this whole dimension. So that's the main use um, right now for video. I was doing the time lapse things, but I just, you know, I felt like they were like, they did draw in a, a large crowd, but I feel like they were almost like a little, maybe like gimmicky. Like I felt like they cheapened the end product. And I think that when it's like hard for me to paint with someone like looking over my shoulder. And I think that sensation discouraged me from continuing to do that you know, you do capture so much more dimension in a video than just of a still photograph. And so even if it's just like a brief glance around the studio, or just me like saying something, I think that it's, it is an effective way to communicate with people rather than just the photos. Plus, Instagram, I've noticed ever since the real feature came out, they favor video content far more than regular posts. So in order to kind of like work with this new algorithm, um, I have been consciously making more video content just so I can pop up in someone's feed. And I do, I play with TikTok. I, I, I only have about 42 or 45 followers or something. And a lot of them are like my kids' friends. So it really limits what I can put um, on there. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying with the TikTok. It's just, it, again, it's like TikTok. It's very fast. It's very like gimmicky, almost like very like ADD kind of like I don't know. Like it's just it's a challenge for me to not easily fall into that like five ways to be an entrepreneur. You know, like kind of content. Like I don't want to um, be known for that necessarily. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with you. And I, I for anyone listening out there. Right now, video is definitely where it's at on Instagram, but pretty much every social media platform right now is getting more recognition for videos. But yeah, TikTok, it's very fast paced. You know, I, I think that trying to adapt and go with the flow, so to speak, of, of what's being introduced on platforms is it's at least worth a shot. Um, and then if something ends up not working for you specifically, then, you know, really just focus on on what's working best for you. Oh, I'm just afraid if I don't like engage with all of the features on social media, like I don't want to wake up one day and have no idea what's going on, you know, so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that could happen, I feel like very quickly nowadays. So that's another reason for like the reels and the TikTok is just so I can kind of keep a hand in the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one thing, you know, to be frustrated about, oh, they added a new feature that I need to figure out. But it's another thing to decide to to reject all of those features. And then uh, a few months later, you just don't even know what's going on at all. Generally important to stay on top of social media trends. What would you say for you are the, the two ways that you capitalize on apps like Instagram to showcase your work and get people interested? Consistency. It's very easy for someone to 
you know, love your work, but then it's very easy for them to forget in the next five minutes. So if you're consistently posting the kind of content that the Instagram algorithm favors, then you'll always be present when they're opening up Instagram or TikTok or whatever. So I try to post almost every day. um, And I try to do the reels and the IGTV like on at least a weekly basis, if not more. So it's just being consistent and showing up. I think that's the most important for social media. Yeah, and I would 100% agree. Um, that's what we recommend to, to artists out there is, you know, try to post at least once a day if you can. Um, but yeah, just keeping consistent with it overall, it's going to have you continue showing up on people's feeds. And like you said, people have pretty low attention spans, uh, especially with what they see on social media. So if you keep coming up top of mind, you know, the next time someone is maybe considering a piece for their home or whatever, you know, you are trying to achieve with social media for yourself, whether it's followers, engagement, other opportunities besides just selling a piece directly, something like a a commission or gallery representation. If you keep showing up, then that opportunity is only going to become likelier. When posting on social media, I feel like there is, there is an air to people's posts of what, like, if they're trying to sell you something or if they're trying to grab your attention, you know, rather than just being, you know, like you're talking to your friend or someone you work with. Like, I think that um, tr- try not to sell too hard. <laughs> this is basically yeah. my advice. Um, I can tell. I mean, you know, when people are trying to, to post just to attract followers or just to try to sell something like, yeah, like come out and just like, don't plug it where you're pretending to, you know, tell a story, but then there's that like plug and the, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> just like come out and say like, Hey, this is for sale, like, or not, you know, but I think choosing one path or the other is, uh, is important to maintain. Um, I hate the word authenticity, but it's appropriate in this Absolutely. And yeah, unless you're kind of starting from this place of, I don't know, people know that your account, you have a, a drawing a day, a day that's for sale or something like that. Yeah, I, keeping authentic, don't get overly pushy or overly desperate or anything like that. Or staging things like don't, you know, I think that very staged photographs are embarrassing. I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I think it's important just to be as natural as possible. And I find that being with a friend while you're posting is incredibly helpful rather than just like awkwardly being alone in your studio, like trying to take a picture of yourself or something like having someone else physically with you is I personally find is very helpful. I totally hear you there. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, what my personal advice is for, you know, sort of transitioning that authentic engagement on social media into sales, if that is a goal for you on the platform, I usually recommend to veer people away from Instagram and onto your website to have that conversation and keep Instagram or whatever platform you're using as the place that you're sharing, you know, what's going on in your studio or, uh, you know, unveiling a new piece and then get them to your website because if they're in a different mindset at that point, they're not just scrolling through social media, they're on your website. So next up, I want to chat about something a little different, but similar to what we're talking about. So Jessica, you've said that quote, unquote, 
Uh, I believe everyone deserves to take home a little piece of art if they want to. At Superfine, one of our missions is the accessibility of art to buyers as well. So my question for you is, how do you go about pricing the art in the little art shop uh, to be inclusive for a wide range of buyers? So I used to, before the pandemic, sell my regular size, which is 11 by 14. I used to sell them for $500 and I sold quite a bit. And then this artist support pledge came across my laptop and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, like, so basically you sell a certain amount. Once you earn a certain amount, you use a portion of that to buy art, which is a great, it was just a wildly successful campaign and movement, I guess you call it. And I decided to keep my paintings at around $250, which did make it accessible to way more people than it was before. So that's something that I've done. And I think it was a good decision. I think that I tend to work very fast. So felt like taking the cut isn't a huge deal for me because I have the volume to make up for it. I do also create tiny work. I do it about once a year, mostly in the summer for some reason, I guess, because I'm like the kids or whatever. So I'll sell very, very small paper pieces for under a hundred dollars. And those do well too. They're nice because they're um, obviously like quite intimate because they're so small and whatever images on those tend to get magnified, which is nice. So, and people enjoy them. I, I like making them. So that's, that's really the only, oh, and prints, limited edition prints are another way for people to buy the work. You can get an eight by 10 for, for me as little as like, I think $62. Yeah, I think that's definitely creating a price point for every, you know, level of buyer on the the low end. That's, I think that's amazing. So yeah, you have adjusted the pricing of your main small size of your originals. And then you have even smaller originals that are under $100. And then you have prints. These are all really great ways to create more accessible price points for people who are just getting started with collecting. And plus, I think that when people you know, take that first leap and they realize how valuable it is to have real artwork in your home, I think then that opens up the conversation later on for them to invest in like a larger canvas. I've noticed just for me personally, after buying work, that happens. It just encourages you to get more because you realize it's it's more useful in the end, I think, than spending the money on like a handbag or something stupid like that. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's the same for Alex and me. I mean, there's a few artists that are in our collection that we started out, we we bought a, a small paper drawing of theirs or a print a few months or a couple of years later, we end up buying a, a larger original piece, obviously more expensive. But yeah, it's a really good way. I mean, it's it's sort of like getting to put a little billboard up in someone's house because they're going to see your work every day. And, you know, the next time they're they're looking for a larger piece, they're probably going to start with the artist they're most familiar with. It's actually a really smart way of marketing where you also are getting money, but having this this long lasting thing that people see. So what steps did you take to transform your art career uh, after raising your family? And what would you say is the first step for an artist wanting to turn their passion into a successful art business? I had my kids and then I had this like lifestyle blog thing and I was basically avoiding making artwork. (laughs) It was just a thing in my head. Like I felt like I could no longer do it. So when I started making artwork, it was extremely uncomfortable. It was really, really difficult. 
I just did it. I just came, I, we bought this house that had this amazing art studio in it. I just, you know, I said like, you know what, I'm just going to like show up to this studio and I'm just going to make work. And that's what I did. And I, I really was very disciplined about it. And then I came across the 100 Day Project and that really set things in motion. Like I started posting on Instagram every day because, you know, that's part of the thing. I think it starts in April. So, and you just make a piece of artwork every day. Then hopefully it comes together with some kind of theme in the end. And then you have this great little body of work to help you make the next body of work. And I, and that's, that's what I did. <laughs> I think that you really need to carefully look at the kind of work you're making in a critical yet compassion way and then decide like if you're really going to do it is to commit to it like a marriage you know show up every day and and just be really dedicated to to the practice of whatever you're specifically creating and and don't paint for any other reason outside of your own personal need to i think a lot of people see very pretty abstract paintings and it's like oh i can do that and then they just kind of do it and but it's not like really what they're they yeah <laughs> I, I i know exactly what you mean it's um they're just doing something because they've seen other people do it it's not you know something that they're they're putting passion into yeah and honestly like i i definitely feel guilty of that to some extent i mean I did. I always knew I was going to be an an abstract painter, but I've always also made very tight work, like very like tightly detailed narrative work before I was making the abstract work. And I've I'm revisiting that now, and everything is kind of coming together in this new body that is better. I lost myself a little bit just in in looking too much at what other people were doing on Instagram and assuming that they were very successful based on, you know, their amount of followers or whatever. It takes a lot of inner work, a lot of reading about things to to be a, a very effective artist. Your your social media shouldn't carry too much weight in in, the, in your general studio practice. I think that um, it's easy to get carried away with all of that stuff. Um, and it, it definitely can take away from the work. And so even if you're not posting every day, maybe it's better to not post every day because you'll make better work in the end. I, I really liked what you mentioned before about paralleling your art practice to a marriage. You know, if, if you're not going to be uh, committed to it, if you're not going to be putting your heart into it, then, you know, maybe, maybe consider doing something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times also things just tend to run their course and you'll, you'll find out eventually. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And also what you were saying about Insta- uh, Instagram just at the end there. I mean, obviously there's such a bright side to social media. It's a way that we're able to all connect with each other, even when we're not in the same place. That's really awesome. That's something that has, created the opportunity for artists to be seen and recognized and appreciated without having to first be valued by a gallerist who is going to get their name out there. Like they can, you you as an artist can do that yourself. But at the same time, and this is a recurring theme for the podcast is talking about what we call the imposter syndrome, where you see someone else out there and then you're looking at them thinking, oh, they've achieved this, but 
I can't do that. That's, that's for them, not for me. Even if someone else has a huge followership, that doesn't, it's not the thing that validates your art career. It's really not. It, it can be uh, a strategy uh, if, if that's what you uh, want to focus on, but it's not the be all end all. I think there, there's work that is definitely favored just by the platform itself, by the action of swiping up and seeing a very bright, clean, move like interesting thing than not seeing it. It's just, it's, it's a matter of, it's kind of like when you apply to um, like the, the group shows, the juried group shows, it's like, just because you weren't chosen doesn't mean your artwork isn't bad. It just didn't fit into that model. So that's why I think like, if someone is starting out, they need to decide like, is Instagram, like, is that, am I more a commercial artist or am I more of like a, a niche kind of funky thing where I'm going to find a, a community outside of Instagram to sell to. Yeah. I think that making that conscious choice will save you a lot of guesswork and torment <laughs> throughout <laughs> the process. I mean, there, there's a lot of artists I know where their work is either it's very light based or uh, it has like some movement to it or just, you know, like some really fine details and textures where having people see their work in person is so much more valuable uh, than being on a social media platform. In which case, you know, I would recommend to an artist whose work is like that to create avenues where you can meet people in person or, you know, host studio visits, things like that. And obviously it's a, it's been a weird year, but in a safe way, the first thing that you were talking about, the the hundred days challenge, I've also done a challenge like that. Uh, for my own art. And it's it's definitely a game changer. I mean, you learn so much, both technique-wise and also kind of working out exactly what you want to focus on in a very condensed period of time. And it also doubles as a nice way to keep engaged on Instagram if that is something you're focusing on. The great thing about the 100-day project, it does it creates a habit. So if you are starting out, it's hard to create a habit. So having something like that and being part of a community of everyone who's doing the same thing and getting the encouragement from Instagram is just, it's such an invaluable experience. I highly recommend that because then you'll be used to working in the studio every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then it's all about maintaining that momentum afterwards. Yeah, especially in, in terms of this whole question of, you know, if someone has the passion, the interest for being an artist, but they're trying to evolve that into a full scale art business, creating that discipline, like you just said, and that efficiency. Um, and then also just the repetition, the momentum of creating work more regularly. I, I think it's a really great way to do that. What is one more top word of advice uh, that you have for an artist out there who is making art for their business? Treat it like a business and treat yourself like a boss and an employee at the same time. So I think when I feel overwhelmed by having, like I do everything myself, um, except my printing, but the accounting and everything, like it can get very overwhelming sometimes. And I have to, in my mind, find a way to tell myself what I need to do. So it's a good way to like step back and see the big picture. This sounds crazy, but like I really do have like a boss, Jessica, and an employee, Jessica. <laughs> and that's really um, something that's really helped me. Even like when I did my first art fair, I was so nervous, like deathly nervous. 
And I just had to like go into like that boss mode to tell myself to suck it up <laughs> and like get it. <laughs> and it worked. It, re- it really did work. And then oh, read lots of books. I think that's important. Um, there's a lot of really good resources out there. I'm currently, I just finished Think and Grow Rich um, by Napoleon Hill. That's been very valuable. And a bunch of things, The Alchemist, Siddhartha, The Power of Now. I think always just keeping your mind engaged in a big idea is is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think my partner Alex is actually reading Think and Grow Rich right now too. Uh, I might be wrong, but I know I've seen that title floating around the house. Read a lot, absorb whatever resources are around you that are going to help you, including podcasts like this. Uh, It's always great. Um, And then uh, I really like that metaphor that you said about treating yourself as both the boss and the employee. I haven't heard that before, but I really like that as the boss you're the one in charge. I mean, there's no one else to be depending on, to be looking to if something isn't working out. Like you are in charge of your own business and you have to be the one to keep things going and and keep moving upward. But then also having that employee mentality, you're also the one doing the work, not just telling someone else to do something uh, and having that diligence, having that you know focus is really important as well. So I, I really like that. I'm going to think of that for myself as in uh, for my own art practice. So to all you business artists out there, Jessica has been giving you all such great advice here today. You definitely want to go back and uh, check out those show notes, take your own notes, whatever it is that works best for you. If you want to connect with Jessica and her wonderful art, you can follow her at Jessica Matier, that's M-A-T-I-E-R on Instagram or visit jessicamatier.com to find more ways to connect with Jessica and her art. As always, remember we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. If you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for an exhibit at one of our upcoming fairs around the United States, just drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. That is artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. And as always, I'd like to end the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. If you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. That is Jim Ron. Uh, he is an entrepreneur. Jessica, once again, it's been such a pleasure having you with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I agree. I've had a lot of fun chatting with you. Everyone have an awesome rest of your day and remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. We've been loving your feedback and are so glad that you are finding the podcast helpful. If you have a spare minute, we would love if you reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the artist business plan. It really helps other artists discover the podcast who are also looking to level up their careers. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. 
Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.